You're listening to On the Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We especially prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Hey y'all, Santa here. I'd like to thank Recruiting Awesome for sponsoring this On The Brink podcast episode. If you're an organization that is looking to hire new employees, I would absolutely recommend that you go to recruitingawesome.net and find out more about this stellar organization. They have over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR consulting space. They are absolutely able to put your organization on the right expansion plan. If this sounds appealing to you, then why not just give them a call right now? That phone number is 1-800-748-0518. Once again, that number is 1-800-748-0518. Or you can visit them at recruitingawesome.net. They take the worry out of recruiting. And don't forget to tell them that you heard the good news from Santa. Uh, We just love your new album, Born Blue. We think that you probably are one of the few that is able to really marry, you know, the classic style with what we think is more contemporary and fresh right now. You think that's a fair assessment? Um, I hope so. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that was definitely one of my uh, my goals going into the, making the, this record. You know, like I wanted it to be modern, um, uh, and current, but I just think that um, there's kind of like I don't really listen to a lot of like what's on the radio right now, um, as far as like mainstream country music. I'll, I'll oh, check yeah. it out. Cause like, I think it's good to like understand what's what's happening. Um, I wanted my record to like to be modern, but um, kind of like uh, with the idea that there's a vast history of of music and a well to pull influences from. And like um, my favorite country artists of all time have always done that or, you know, been able to do that, like say something new and make something fresh, but like you can tell that they've, uh, they're pulling from the well, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so we're really stoked to talk to you today. Again, um, we have a, a radio show and a podcast and every time we've played uh, cuts off of born blue, we've just gotten some really positive feedback. And so when we see that, you know, that kind of prompts us to say, okay, well, maybe we should talk to this guy or gal <laughs> and see what's going on. And I want to apologize, Elijah. Um, you know, and I think Anna Marie, I don't think we had ever heard of you before Born Blue. And when um, I started looking around, I see that you have at least five albums. And I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's okay. You know, I feel like I'm like, slowly building it up and spreading the spreading the word over the years and uh i'm glad i'm glad it found you when it did 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's great stuff. So anyway, we have a couple questions. This is basically so that, you know, our core audience could get to know you better um, and, you know, find out more about the man behind the music. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. All right, cool. All right, Anna, I'll let you grab the first question. Tell us about how you got started in music. Okay. Um, well, I I grew up like listening to a lot of music. Uh, my parents had a great record collection and tape collection, and um, we would always like you know listen to music in the living room and in the car and stuff like that. Um, a pretty wide variety. Like this was in the '80s, so um, we were listening to a lot of like Tom Petty and um, some like Southern rock stuff, like, you know, Almond Brothers and uh, a lot of folk music. Um, and um, a lot of like, as far as like country music goes, I remember, um, you know, a lot of like Willie Nelson mostly. And my dad had like a Hank Williams record and a Bobby Bear record, which ended cool. up being one of my favorite records. Yeah. Still. Which one? Fun. Which one? Um, me and McDill from 1977. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, wow. And it, awesome. it's all, uh, every song is written by Bob McDill on the, on the record. And mm -hmm. it's just like, it, that record kind of snuck up on me over the years, but like it became, it's like my favorite. Wow. Um, but anyway, um, my, my parents weren't really like musicians my dad did have a guitar i remember him playing truck driving man for me on the guitar and uh my grandfather was a barbershop singer so he passed down a lot of songs to my mom and um my parents would always sing me to sleep uh at night i remember and so my mom would sing me all these like barbershop songs <laughs> that my that my oh yeah um they're fun fun tunes but um my uh yeah th those are songs that like my my granddad passed down to her and my dad would like sing me to sleep sometimes too and like he would make up songs it, like kind of like funny songs and like yeah. sing like expand on them every night and they kind of became like go-to songs and I love uh, that. that's so cool <laughs> so I think that's how I developed like a musical ear sort of and then I took piano lessons when I was younger and then when I was 13 I got a Bob Dylan CD and which one which one the one I love well, is, they, uh, I think is blood on the tracks it's like my favorite <laughs> oh I love that I yeah. love that um well they gave me um the greatest hits volume one actually okay. yeah and so I like would listen to that in my disc man and like within like three weeks I was like, Can I get have a guitar? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I want to write songs like this, basically. Yeah. Like um so uh I got an acoustic guitar and learned some chords and I started writing songs like immediately at 13 and um then I got into like you know, some classic rock stuff. Like, so the friends I was hanging out with were into like Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and, and whatnot. So I, I asked for an electric guitar and like started taking lessons and, um, you know, started a band in high school and got into like jazz and stuff and went to 
music school and started a hard rock band and then uh kind of like it turned into like the singer songwriter thing you know cool all right that sounds great well um you kind of mentioned you know it sounds like you know come from a real close-knit family i mean that's awesome and even though i mean i guess they weren't musicians but they were musical i mean you know singing you to sleep and creating songs <laughs> on the fly that's that's pretty cool maybe they just didn't have the inclination to do it you know on a professional scale but obviously you know they had the talent you know what i mean i mean the uh you know, it was natural is what I would say. I don't think most people can just make up, you know, little songs to, you know, <laughs> put their son or, you know, anyone to sleep. I just don't think most people can do that. <laughs> um, yeah. It, natural is definitely the word. Like it was a pretty like creative household, you know, like just kind of like it was very free. And um, it, uh, I was always encouraged to like just, do whatever I wanted. So that was, that was cool. Cause like when it, you know, it, they were supportive of me, like getting into music and like having band practice at the, in, at the house and, wow. and all that. Um, yeah. That's so. cool. So where are you from? So I like, I've gotten conflicting, you know, uh, stories. So at first I thought you were from LA and then, um, you know, someone said, no, no, I think he's like from Brooklyn. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Can, can we talk about your hometown <laughs> and what you like about it? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I grew up in Maine. Oh, um, nice. So, yeah, it, it's in this area of Maine called Midcoast, Maine. It's like a couple hours north of New Hampshire. Um, about 30 minutes from the coast, um, real small town. There's not a lot going on there. Um, you know, uh, it's a lot of just like families and, um, and stuff like that. No stoplights. Maine is beautiful though. Um, I've, I've been there a couple of times. Um, trying to think there's an area there. My, uh, dad used to go up there, uh, ice fishing and stuff, but I just can't tell you the name of the town right now. But so I've been there like twice and it's absolutely stunning. I mean, I just love the landscape there. Oh yeah. I wonder what town it is. Cause yeah, like ice fishing is definitely huge up there. Um, yeah. It'll come to me probably before you know <laughs> we're done, but I just, for some reason I can't think of it, but he used to go up there a lot. Um, it's just, I, it's so beautiful. It's just like, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess if, if you're used to, um, you know, uh, living like in the suburbs, I mean, you know, we're burb kids here. Um, when you go to Maine, it's just, there's so many wide open spaces and it's just, you know, so many lakes and it, I don't know, it's just to us, it's just a lot of raw beauty, you know, if that makes sense. Yes, it sure is. Um, for sure. And like, it's, uh, it's really nice. You know, I'd say like August, September is the best time of year up there as far as like weather goes. And you know, everything's green and it's not too hot and it's not too cold. And, um, that's usually when I go back nowadays. Because, um, yeah, it, it's it's like uh, kind of like can be a little bit unforgiving during the, the winter <laughs> months. You know, it, it's cold real early and like just it gets pretty snowy and icy for a lot of the, of the year um but you know you can go skiing and ice skating and yeah 
So, so what do you love about your, um, your, you know, town you grew up in? So you say it's, you know, kind of small, it's, you know, a lot of great things to do if you're an outdoors person. Um, let's say if I, you know, went to your, you know, the town you grew up in, um, what place would you say I just have to go? To? I don't know. I'd probably have you over to the house. <laughs> <laughs> Is there um, an awesome place to get some food there? Not really. I mean. Seafood. Absolutely. You guys well, have, yeah, you'd have, to, have you'd have to drive. You definitely have to drive a bit. Um, out. You definitely have to get out of my hometown for sure to get that. You know, um, you could probably go to like Rockland or Camden and there's a lot of like seafood restaurants there or even if you wanted to go down to portland but um there's not really like any restaurants per se in my hometown it's like um it might be like a takeout place but it's like you know fried food oh um, <laughs> all right so you hang out with family that that's the best thing to do hang out with family you know and just have a good time that way yeah i'd say come over to the house we'll we'll cook something good and like maybe have a fire inside or outside depending on what time of year it is all right um, huh. all right so anna you want to grab the next question yeah. tell us about your last single um so i just put the album out a full-length album out in august um and I'm trying to remember because like we we put out a bunch of the songs as singles right leading up to it and um i think the the most recent single that came out is the title track born mm -hmm. blue yep which um i just put out a video for that too and so yeah that's the title track for the record um i wrote that song a couple years ago two or three years ago in living in california i never played it live until after the album came out which was kind of cool because some of the songs i played i like get to know with the band a little bit on stage before recording them and stuff but this one kind of like, I don't know, it seemed like a special song to me. It's kind of, you know, all the songs on that record are like semi-autobiographical. Like they're not like straight up things that have happened to me, but they're, it's, I'm pulling from different memories and stories of my life, you know? And uh, this song is more about like, than the other songs on the album, this song is more about like uh, my feelings um, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of imagine driving around and like thinking about relationships and and stuff like that. Well, while this song is playing, um, but I was going for as far as the sound goes, I was going for like uh, pulling influences from the neo traditionalist movement of the eighties. Yeah, and nineties. I hear nineties in there too. And nineties for sure. Um, yeah. It definitely came, pulled into the 90s too, but like, um, you know, guys like uh, Clint Black definitely yeah. influenced this song quite a bit um, yeah. with the guitar yeah. stuff. Um, mm -hmm. We use like some 80s guitar effects, like the chorus stuff is like actual 80s effects processors that we used. And um, it was a really fun song to make for sure. Yeah, um, we're going to check out that video. Well, let's go ahead and hear that song. Let's hear Born Blue. I've always had a heavy load, but never once did let it show. There's no use talking about the way I feel. 
I just try to keep my big mouth closed Both of my eyes on the road And two hands tied upon the steering wheel I admit I used to mess around Had my fun in many towns At times I might have even stretched the truth don't believe them when they say The reason that I am this way Has anything to do with losing you I was born blue Like the sky behind a rocky mountain view Born blue Like the waves upon the shores of Malibu Born blue And downs, and through it all, I've always found a way to take the good and bad in stride. I get up every time I fall, but ever since I learned to crawl, I've had a lonesome feeling deep inside. I don't need any medicine when memories start kicking in. I'm used to staying wide awake all night. I guess I've always been this way and willing till my dying day And I don't care what you say is wrong or right I was born blue Like the sky behind a rocky mountain view Born blue Like the waves upon the shores of Malibu Born blue For you. I mean, the album is just, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, like I said, um, and Anna-Marie, I know you agree with this. You, you, yeah, you just do such a great job, you know, in uniting, you know, 80s, 90s. And I, you know, actually I hear, you know, some other influences there too, just a tad bit, like maybe, you know, some of like early 70s too, you know. I hear some of it, but it's absolutely mostly 80s, 90s. Um, and I think, yeah, Clint Black, um, maybe uh, Alan Jackson, you know, who I'm, we're huge fans of Alan Jackson. Just it has that feel. But at the same time, it sounds very fresh. You know, it sounds very contemporary. So um, 
I don't know. I've heard some people kind of say, oh, you know, it's kind of a throwback sound. I don't know if I truly agree with that because it, it and there's nothing wrong with that, but it sounds fresh to me. I, you know, I don't know if calling it a throwback sound is, you know, really um, describes, you know, what that aesthetic is fully. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I actually don't really like the term throwback, I think. It, I feel like it's like, it kind of like undermines it or something. Like, yeah. um, like you're a tribute act or something. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not trying to like act like it's the 80s. You right. Because I know it's it's 2021. Like, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to like pretend that it's a different era than it is right now. And that's right. That's that's my favorite thing about those neo-traditionalists in, in the 80s. They were riding that line between modern and throwback. It's like, yeah. it's a, it's a hard one to straddle, but like it can be done. Yeah. And it's like, it's neither. It's That's not right. like something completely brand new and it's not a throwback either. Like this fine line, like George Strait will cover Hank Williams or Bob Wills on a record, you know, and with like eighties production on it, you know, it's oh, like, because he's fitting in with the modern landscape, but like right. this, these are my heroes, you know, and um, that's why those. I mean, like uh, new traditionalist is like kind of like an oxymoron, sort of, you know. It's like yeah, it is. <laughs> um, both things at once, and so like yeah. that's that's what I was trying to do, and I think I think it it worked. Yeah, you did it, Elijah. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> did it. <laughs> And, and yeah, and um, I think that this album is going to be, um, you know, very inspiring to a lot of the people that are out there that kind of they want to do the same thing. They just don't know quite, you know, how to do it, you know, um, and they're kind of struggle. Sometimes they sound more like they should have recorded it back in, you know, the 70s or 80s or something like that, you know. Um, and so it's like you said, it's a very kind of it's like a tightrope dance, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you go a little to the right, you might, you know, kind of fall into that, you know, rabbit hole. So awesome. Hey, grab the next question, Annalie. What do you love about traditional country? Well, there's so much to it, you know, it's kind of like a bottomless pit really, you know, in a good way. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it's so deep, you know, there's like all these, the history is so, is so rich and all these artists grew up listening to the previous generations and build upon that and build upon that and build upon that. And it's like, this very like organic thing that evolved and you can, you can go in as far as you want. And like, I'm still discovering artists and songs that I've never heard before um, all the time. And yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'll, I don't think I'll ever reach the bottom of it, really. It's like, I don't, I don't know if that's possible, you know? Um, so that's, it's just really exciting for me for some reason. There's like so many different feelings and clever lyrics and instrumentalists that, that came along over the years and like different uh, regional sounds. Um it's just a really exciting thing to dive into. And when I started diving into it, it's just, just like, you can just keep going and going and going. 
Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, on our show, we have like our last uh, music block. It's like a two-hour show. We only play like really classic country for the most part. And like some of these artists I had like never, ever heard of. I mean, it just like there was this one artist, his name was Clyde Beavers. I had never heard of him. I mean, I just like had was totally clueless. And he has like a lot of amazing songs. And it just like goes on and on because a lot of these artists, um, you know, didn't crack the top 10. You know, (laughs) many didn't crack the top 20 either. Um, But their music was just, you know, amazing. It's just, you know, there were other artists that were, you know, getting that big push from, you know, the labels that they were on and things like that. And so um, a lot of these artists, you know, would open up for some of those artists, you know, or they were maybe, um, you know, concentrating in a particular geographic area. Right. So, you know, so you, 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 you're not going to hear them, you know, um, maybe, you know, in Georgia, if, you know, uh, they're a regional artist in Texas, maybe, or something like that. So, yeah, I, I like, I can't agree with you more. Um, the more you start, you know, digging in, you, discover all these amazing artists and you're like, wow, (laughs) I can't believe I've never heard of this person before. Um, But speaking about that, uh, I'm sure that you must have a couple of musical heroes um, in terms of, you know, artists that have really inspired you um, or maybe formed, you know, uh, some of your musical taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mentioned Bob Dylan earlier, like he definitely like, gave me this feeling that I wanted to write songs, you know? And so I was like pretty obsessed with Dylan for a long time. Um, And he's the type of artist who um, throughout their career, they're like always evolving and changing and like coming up with new versions of themselves and reinventing themselves and um, kind of just following the muse. And some of my favorite artists have done that, I think, you know, um, like Tom Waits kind of, or like um, Willie Nelson in a way, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just like constantly pushing and like writing and covering tunes and like just going with it over the years. And you look back and just, there's a massive catalog. And so guys like that are, are heroes. And then there's also guys who, like don't really change that much um over the years you know they kind of like have a thing thing that they do and they do it like george Strait, right and it's he's amazing and i i respect that so much like he knows himself he knows who he is and he's disciplined and just like does his thing and like it's great like yeah um I really like you mentioned Alan Jackson earlier. Like, yeah, he's kind of in that vein too. Yeah, uh, he's just such a great songwriter as well, yeah. which I which I really love. I don't think he gets a lot of credit for his songwriting, though. I mean, what do you think? I I really like I I don't think he does. Like when I hear people talking about him and I read stuff about him, Elijah. Um, usually like the, his songs, you know, the fact that he wrote, you know, X, Y, Z song or songs, isn't really mentioned or is that just my perception? I, I think you're right. It's almost like, just like a secondary afterthought yeah, like a when you're talking about him. But like, to me, it's like, yeah, he, he's written like 90% of the songs that he's yeah. got and like all, like most of the hits, like, and stuff like that. And that's something that 
George Strait can't say and no. George Jones can't say. No. And like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, there's definitely nothing you. wrong with that. But no. yeah, I I almost think like Alan Jackson wouldn't be as big as he was if he couldn't write a song. Like, yeah, absolutely. I agree. What do you think of this last album of his? Where Have You Gone? I think that's the name of the album. Have you heard yeah. it yet? Yeah, I have a signed copy. Oh, I hate <laughs> you. <That's awesome. laughs> I, um, I've been uh, playing a lot at his bar downtown in Nashville. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm there all the time. And uh, so like back in May when the album came out, I went to uh, his listening party there. Mm-hmm. And um, I put my name in the hat for a drawing and I won like a signed CD wow. and a t-shirt and a poster. No way. No way. Um, no way. <laughs> so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Um, but I do like the CD a lot. Um, it's a lot of slow songs. It's like, it's pretty good. It's not my favorite Alan Jackson record, but I, I do dig it. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that he put, uh, that's the way love goes on there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of my favorite songs ever uh, yeah me too well i'm a big um lefty frizzell fan you know so of course obviously he wrote that song i'm a big merle fan too you know so mm-hmm. yeah i was really uh, you know agree with you like a hundred percent on everything love that song i you know love that he put it on this album especially kind of a nod you know to those that came before you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's like so super important. That song back is pretty good too. It's pretty fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a fun song. Yeah. And Got I like mm-hmm. beer 10. I, I know it's kind of a whimsical type of song, but you know, <laughs> I think <Yeah>. it's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> we still need songs like that. You know, absolutely. Grab the next uh, question, Anna. If you want to introduce someone to traditional country music, what song would you pick and why? Mm, I guess if it's someone that's like, never heard a lick where do you start i mean i feel like i would want to play something that's like standard as a jumping off point you know um like hey good looking or like uh, mama tried you know what i mean just good choices yeah that's like the like she thinks i still care yeah i don't know just these standards these like obvious like the big Mm -hmm. the big ones that are just like you can sing along to after you listen to it for the first time there's depth to the songwriting as well. And um, I'd say that, you know, if it was like something more modern or like eighties, I don't know why. Uh, uh, Set 'em up Joe by Vern Gosling just popped into oh, my no, head. Yeah. Absolutely. As far as like neo traditionalist goes, like that song is just one of the best. It's Oh uh, yeah. I love Vern. I mean, I gosh, he's another one. Um, I don't know if you would agree with me on this, but I don't really feel that he really got like the respect and you know recognition while he was alive. I really don't, and I think even now, uh, I you know see a lot of these like top twenty you know country male vocalists you know of all time, and he's hardly ever on there. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. like you know the voice. Yeah, he was super smooth, great singer. Um, what an artist. Songwriter. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I have a record, uh, the Gosden Brothers. Oh, yeah. It's him and his brother out in California in the California, 60s. Yeah. Uh, doing like, like kind of like bluegrassy stuff with Chris yeah. Hillman. 
oh, there's yeah. someone from, from the, the birds, birds and mm-hmm. and the burrito brothers and stuff it's yeah. so like he goes way back you know um it's cool yeah. like yeah that that album um <clears throat> in the 80s was kind of like a uh comeback album for him mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely that's funny you mentioned some of the uh you know, people from the California sound. Well, there's no such thing as the California sound, right? Because then you'd have to talk about the Bakersfield sound. You'd have to talk about, <laughs> you know, Eagles. And so that's kind of like, yeah, a very generic term. But um, uh, it's funny that you mentioned, though, like the Flying Burrito Brothers um, and the Birds, because we actually heard an album that you put out under... I think it was called the Rose Petals. Um, we loved it. And it had more of that kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, I made that record uh, with some of my friends like a few years ago. And um, it just finally came out this earlier this year. Uh, but yeah, we were going for that sort of like jangle pop vibe with the 12 string guitars and the harmonies and all that. Um, but also with that record, uh, we were also trying to ride a line, you know, not trying to recreate the birds, not trying to recreate Tom Petty, but like bringing in those influences in that lineage um, of like those guys through like the replacements, REM, Jim Blossoms. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yes. Yep. Kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> it was, that was a really fun record to make. We did that in about a week out in LA and um, wow. I, I think that, that turned out great. I have a, I still have a bunch of copies of that. Oh around, man, so. we, we really liked it. Um, and we were musing and laughing because <laughs> some of the stuff on that album sounds more country than what we're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cause yeah, I was not trying to make, make a country album. No, that, I know. It's funny. Like it like comes through sometimes. Um, I made a, a few years ago, I tried to make like a, like a trap beat, like um, straight up, like pop trap track. Like I, I was like by myself on Christmas Eve and I just was like sitting there kind of bored. And I just made this track, you know, and like um, I played it for, I was like, this sounds like, you know, pop, like trap beats, yeah. like modern. Mm-hmm. And then I played it for people and like, Oh, it sounds like country. And I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's, that's hilarious. But also perfect. Take it away. <laughs> Oh, gosh, it's funny. Well, um, so you're talking about, you know, kind of working on stuff, you know, uh, in your downtime. Um, COVID, we got good Lord. I mean, who anticipated, you know, uh, COVID-19? I mean, and it's impacted like every segment of society, you know, um, really kind of unprecedented. I'm wondering, you know, what has COVID-19 taught you, you know, if anything, like, you know, you know, we're still kind of dealing with this. I mean, obviously, but. Um, you know, I have the impression that you maybe started recording, you know, Born Blue during the pandemic. So I just kind of want to, you know, get some feedback in your experience with, you know, this whole, you know, situation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, COVID has been super rough on a lot of people, you know, it's, that's a really, really tough thing. And, um, I had it uh, relatively easy, I guess. I mean, I, I, uh, I have had COVID twice. I recovered both times. Uh, oh my wow. gosh! Uh, I didn't know you could get it twice, uh, Elijah. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I'm 
vaccinated too. I got it. The second time I got it, I was, I had already been vaccinated twice. And yeah, it was a, the second time I got, it was a lot milder than the first, but, um, anyway, I'm fine. Um, it's not okay. fun, but I'm fine. Uh, but yeah, when that hit, I was in living in California and, um, a good part of my income is gigging, you know, sure, playing, yeah playing around so that got cut off and wow. um i don't know i was able to get on unemployment um Good. pretty quick out there so that was cool um i was pretty bored and depressed i think not being able to be social with you know and just kind of like staying inside a lot but i had already started recording the record i had um a lot of it had already the basic tracking had already been done at this point okay. but I was able to get all the tracks back at my apartment and um, in that time. So I had plenty of time to do that and um, learn about different recording techniques. And I bought some like nicer gear, microphones and stuff like that and uh, some different guitars. And I was able to sit there and really like dial things in, um, which was a bit of a blessing, I guess, you know, it's, yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of extra time on it that maybe I wouldn't have been able to do. Like I ended up doing recording all the vocals um, last summer um, by myself in the living room at like late at night, I would, you know, get a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey and like prop up some Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley <laughs> records, you know, around me on the couch and just like sure. go and just, you know, just sing and get, get the takes I wanted. And if I wasn't feeling it, I could do it the next night, you know? And I, yeah. so I think, I think I was really able to just like dial that in and yeah, I was able to sit there for hours and do all the, the vocal harmonies and the different um, guitar parts and stuff like that, that I needed to do. And so that was cool. I was definitely able to, um, to be productive uh, in some way while that happened, but That's I ended up awesome. just having to, to move to Nashville um, in March, basically just needed to get out of California and kind of get to work. And, and that was really hard for sure. Um, it was definitely a bit of a transition, just packed up the van by myself and like, moved, oh, wow. Drove no, out here. Did you, uh, do you mean March of 2021, like just a couple months ago this year? Yeah, this year. Yep. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh wow, that that's so during this uh, COVID. Wow, that's just amazing. What prompted you to move out to Nashville? Well, I just kind of needed a, a change and to to just kind of like switch things up and um, be able to like gig here. I guess. Yeah. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it ended up being a really good good thing for me. Like I got busy pretty quick and like, it's been a, it's been a good seven, eight months or so now. And, yeah. um, wow. been able to be like back to being social and, um, I'm out gigging around town quite a bit and like, it, it's a good place to be, you know, and releasing sure. this record. And, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. I'm I like country um, music, Nashville, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's, have you started gigging in Texas yet? Are you doing shows out there? 
Um, I'm not at this point. Um, I have in the past. Um, it's a. Uh, I'm like it's when you you can look at your like uh, demographics on Spotify and and stuff like that. Um, and like my biggest markets are in Texas. Yeah, I would think so. Our show, 80% of the people that listen to our podcast are based in Texas. Right. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I um, could, and then the rest are like international. Well, California and Tennessee. Tennessee is like the second highest. California, the third. And then like overseas. Like, we're not kidding. Like, almost every continent. Like, <laughs> I had, you know, we have people out in like, um, let's see, in Australia. Africa and even the continent of Asia, you know, uh, and of course, England is huge, like the United Kingdom. We have a lot of people out there. So, yeah, I would think Texas would be a real strong demographic for you. I know I need to um, get down there next year for sure, like as much as possible. Um, yeah, I'm like looking into that at this point, you know. Yeah, you have to hook up with a good um, booking agency out there. They're very... Um, like there was one artist um, that we we interviewed um, last year um, who actually, you know, moved out to Texas. And he was telling us that um, certain clubs have certain relationships already with certain booking agencies, you know, and that's just the way it is. And so like, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, Green, what, Green Hall, you can't get in there unless you have, you know, a relationship with the booking agency that books into that club. There's like certain clubs like that. So yeah, it's very interesting. But at the same time, um, you can make a living just out of gigging in Texas, from what I understand. This is like yeah. so many places to gig there. So, you know, there you go. You know, that's kind of very interesting. And yeah. you already have an audience out there. Yeah, there's definitely like a like a circuit down there. And I mean Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great state. Yeah, it um, is. A lot of like discerning fans. That, yeah, you know, lovers, lovers of country music, and um, yeah, cool. and, but but your type of country music, Elijah. That see, there's a lot of different types of country music. The kind of stuff that you're putting out right now. Well, you know, we're referencing the Born Blue album. That's you know, two stepping kind of country. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> They're all dance. They're all danceable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that's real big um, out in Texas. Hey, grab um, the next question, Anna-Marie. What's the toughest thing you've been through? How did you get through it? Toughest thing I've been through. Maybe this question. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. Elijah, you have a great sense of humor. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. No, I mean, uh, I think my struggles in life, I've had a, I've led a relatively easy life, I think. And I'm, I've been very blessed, you know, and, that's great. Uh, you know, um, with a supportive family and, that's um, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of my struggles have just been internal with myself, like just trying to be a good person and, um, finding an outlet uh for my you know like emotions and feelings and stuff that's not music because that's kind of how i relate to to the, the world and how i process things that have happened to me you know through music and um 
I don't know. Right now, I'm just trying to like, um, be you know, like speak with people openly about the way I feel, as opposed to like sitting there and editing a song about it. You know, because um, I think that's a it's a healthy way to be. So, um, one of the biggest struggles, I guess, uh, I guess, like li- moving to New York City. My twenties was was a was a tough thing to go through. I felt like pretty you were lost. living in Brooklyn, right? Because it's like yeah. that came up, and I was like, you know, like I said, you know, early in our conversation today, you know, I thought you were from LA, and then someone said, no, 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 Elijah's from Brooklyn. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I lived in New York for five years, and oh. I moved down there with like without a clue, basically, and. um like i didn't have a job lined up and i had i had like i was basically like homeless at the time when i moved there and i had been saving up some money like um uh by like raking blueberries in may and you you know during the summertime there's these wild bush blueberries that grow on the hills in my hometown and like a lot of migrant workers come up there during the summer and like, you know, uh, teenagers have summer jobs where they like, you're like bent over with a, with a rake, with a bucket on it, like scooping up. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? Scooping up blueberries all day on the hill. And, uh, so I did that, that summer saved up money for like rent in New York and moved there. And, um, I, I don't think I really had any idea what I was getting myself into. And, um, I know I, I ended up like working all these like real crappy jobs for like five years and you know writing a lot of songs and playing a lot of music too but it was really hard to live there i had a lot of fun for sure and it was exciting at times but like it was a it was a period of growth i'd say i guess looking back a period of growth he says <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna run with that. Well, hey, uh, would you mind if we <laughs> if we play our favorite song on? Uh, it, it's hard, it, honestly. You know, Elijah. Like all kidding aside, um, it's really hard to pick like you know a favorite song on this album. Um, they're all just very good, and you know, I noticed that I believe you wrote all the songs on here. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I <laughs> we were looking at the song. We said, "Wait a minute!" He, he wrote every darn song on here. <laughs> so yep. um, it's it's hard. It it really is hard to pick like one song because they kind of all tie in together. Um, you know, at, at some level for us, you know. But um, you know, and and so I what we did was we got together and said, "Okay, we created a short list." <laughs> And then we kept listening and listening. And then I think we both came away with Losing My Memory is probably uh-huh. our favorite on the album. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to play that right now. All right. All sounds right. good. Sometimes I can't remember names of people I just met. And even some I've known for years I've been known to forget But I never would 
I've thought that I would live to see the day When my memory of you would fade away But I'm losing my memory of you I can't recall your pretty face Or the things you used to do Like hold my hand, kiss my lips And love me through and through Yes, I'm losing my memory good elijah you know absolutely but um and it was hard and even born blue you the title track that's such a good song too it's again real hard but that song we kind of have you know more affinity with um you know for several reasons you know we could definitely relate to the subject matter and everything else and we just like the overall feel as well um Mm -hmm. i don't know um you know, I don't know if you, when you sat, like when you said, did you actually sit down to like write songs for this album or did these songs just, you know, um, kind of happen dynamically for you? you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a long process making, writing all those songs. Um, like I wrote the first one that ended up on that, um, the writing on the wall. I wrote that in like 2013 in Austin, Texas. I was there in, in, a, in a house uh, during South by Southwest and I had some downtime and I just sat sat on my bed and just wrote that one. And, and when I did that, it felt like I was writing something, uh, I was starting something new. That's I remember that feeling because at the time I was writing songs, you know, that were a little more like Americana, a little more folky, a little more, you know, about 
like vague references to my feelings and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. um, when I wrote that song, it's like a story song. It's like kind of funny. And like, I was like, oh, this feels like a new, a new thing. And um, that's actually when I had just rediscovered that Bobby Bear record we were talking about too, me and McDill. Oh, okay. um, so at that time, I was just about to move to California and I just, when I got to California, I started doing all these gigs um, as a bass player at these dance halls. And we were doing a lot of the George Strait, Alan Jackson, Dwight Yoakam mm -hmm. type stuff. And so I was like relearning all those songs at the same time. And so I started writing songs in that style. Um, and I probably wrote like 30 or so songs in this in this kind of vein, maybe more 30 or 40 tunes over the course of five years. Wow. Uh, um, and then the, uh, then it came time to like pick the best ones. So I basically just got them all together and picked, picked what I thought were the best to, to end up on this album. Wow. Um, so you weren't really writing, uh, you know, uh, for the album per se, not really. You just kind of were, you know, writing these awesome songs and then you decided to, okay, you know, I'm going to choose a couple to, you know, be on my next album pretty much. That's kind of, that's kind of how I usually do it. I just, I, I rarely force myself to write. Um, like I'll go, I'll go several months without writing a lick, you know, and like, then like sometimes I'll just feel like really inspired to write and I'll just sit there and write. Um, sometimes a bunch of songs come in a short amount of time or, you know, or whatever. And like, I always like end up with a big batch of tunes and then I, then I kind of look at them all and I can see how, how I could make an album out of it, you know, and which ones go together or which ones are the best and, and whatnot. I'm, I'm at that point now again, where I'm a, I'm getting ready to make a new record and um, I wow. just narrowed it I just narrowed it down to ten. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> that I think are the best, you know, the best of the best that I that I have sitting around. So, are you going to stay with the same type of sound, or you might go in a different direction? Or um, it's definitely country music. Um, it's going to be an expansion. I think there's still going to be some '80s influences for sure. Um, I'm going to be pulling some influences from from uh, other parts of the world for this oh wow for this album that's awesome that's as far awesome. as like uh like rhythms go you know like yeah. um there's gonna be uh some like caribbean type rhythms and uh some calypso mm -hmm. stuff and like you know some like uh cajun things going on mm -hmm. um some rock, some some rock stuff, you know, but and uh, it's gonna be a waltz. Oh, that's um, great! But wow, I've been listening. Uh, <laughs> I've been fun? listening to a lot of Jimmy Buffett. Okay, yeah. So, so cool. um, it's gonna it's gonna have a little bit of a beach flair at some points. <laughs> oh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, we're originally no. from Florida, so there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh -huh, exactly. Yeah, that sounds great. Grab the next question. If you are on a deserted island, what five albums would you have to have and why? That's a good segue. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a tough question because um, 
I think my desert island records that I would pick today are are different than the ones I would have picked five years ago, ten years ago. Like yeah. it's a, it's always kind of changing, obviously. Um, yeah. I guess there's two ways to look at this question. It's like, are these the albums that I would not get sick of because that's the only thing I could listen to, or or are these albums that I feel like would fit the vibe of a of a beach? No, I it would be albums that you would not get sick of. Right. Okay, so definitely that Bobby Bear record, me and McDill. Um, I might just bring five copies of that because it would I'd probably wear it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, that album never gets old for me. It's perfect. You know, it's just. It's just great. Um, and then as far as like 80s stuff goes, I'd probably bring Clint Black Killing Time. Oh, yeah. Um, his debut in 89. And uh, it's just, I, I never get sick of that one either. All the songs are perfect and it just goes so well together. And I, I love that yeah. record. That, that's been a huge influence on me for sure. Oh yeah, that was just. I still have it. I had it on cassette. Then I, you know, got the uh, album, and uh, I have the CD. And now I'm I'm gonna replace it, uh, the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Same. I've got it on CD, CD and vinyl right now. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's so one of the best. I think so too. Absolutely. Um, I probably have to bring. Um, phases and stages, Willie Nelson. Hmm, okay. Um, I listen to that record all the time, and um, Willie is just—he's, I mean, I, he's probably my all-time favorite artist. Uh, and that's to me, that's just like a, a, hi, a highlight of his of his career. Phases and stages. Um, yeah. Super fun. Um. What are we at? That's three. Ooh, yep. Um, in the mornings, I like to listen to to like the bluegrass or like folk side of things. Hmm. So I'd probably have to bring a morning record. Um, one of the ones that that I put on a lot in the mornings is Norman Blake. Um, either whiskey before breakfast or uh, Home in Sulphur Springs. Probably pick that Ooh. one, Home and Home and Sulphur Springs, Norman Blake. Cool. Um, just for for the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um. And then let's see. Dun dun dun! So, your last one. <laughs> um. At this point, I'd probably want to bring a Jimmy Buffett album because I just picture if I'm sitting on a desert island, I'd probably want to listen to some Buffett. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's a record player on this desert island and like a bar. Uh, of course, um, absolutely. Or your iPhone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, you know his most commercial album is his commercial peak was uh, "Changes in in Changes Latitudes." In yeah. And mm-hmm. I I love that record. Like I don't get sick of Margaritaville no matter how many times I hear it. Um, but the album that he put out before that, A One A Choice, A One A. Hey, those are great. Hey, we're going to give you a little hand applause. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Those are all great picks, you know, and I have most of those albums. So there you Mm -hmm. go. That sounds great. 
All right. So um, what's the coolest thing that's ever happened to you? Coolest thing, man. Yeah. As far there's, as you're concerned, like you still look back and say, wow, that was pretty cool. There's so many things. Um, I mean, I said this before, but, you know, just I am so blessed, like growing up with a, a household that was very supportive and creative and yeah. allowed me to pursue my dreams. And so being able to pursue my dreams, you know, it comes with its own set of challenges, but, you know, getting the to travel the country and the world through my music and see all these places and have all these different experiences and meet all kinds of different people is just that's I think that's just like the coolest way I could possibly live um as far as like specific things um yeah just I mean getting to getting to tour um I uh when I was still living in Maine, I got to um, the a local radio station contacted me, and they wanted a um, a local musician to to train and run a marathon hmm. um, as part of like a, an ad campaign uh, for the marathon, and um, so that was pretty cool. Like they yeah. uh, they got me to like get out there and and run and um i trained all summer and uh got in shape and ended up running the marathon running the main marathon and you know coming in under four hours um, wow thought that was pretty cool pretty good opportunity that came my way i probably never would have uh just decided to do that on my own yeah that's pretty awesome that's unique too it's kind of like you know how many people can say that? <laughs> I don't think many. <laughs> yeah. It taught me a lot about, you know, like working towards a goal and like uh, staying disciplined and focused on, on like completing something, you know? Um, I felt like after that, I felt like I could just like do anything, you know, that I set my right. mind to, which is cool. I mean, that whether or not that actually like held true is debatable, but it, that's the way it felt at the time, you know? So that was cool. Yeah. And the fact that you were open to it, that's the other thing you were willing, you know, to kind of step up to that type of challenge. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even, you know, consider doing anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try to st try to live that way, you know, be open to opportunities that come along. It's good to know when to say no, but um, sometimes like things come along for a reason, you know, and if you're, resistant or scared, you know, you might, you might miss, miss out. Opportunity. Yeah. 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 I agree. All right. Grab the next question. What artists are you really digging right now and why? Oh, current artists. Um, uh, I recently became really good friends with uh, Brennan Lee here in, in Nashville. Awesome. Um, she's a, uh, She's an amazing songwriter and singer and um, a really good person and friend. And um, I'm really excited for her right now. I think her career is like really doing good at this point. Um, she just recorded a record with Asleep at the Wheel in Austin. Um, you know, Ray uh, 
helped produce the album and like they sing a duet on it and the band backs her up um and i've i've heard some of the rough mixes and it's just such a cool record it's western swing you know songs oh, they're the best and they have their 50th year anniversary album out right now and it's just mm -hmm. fantastic willie's on i mean he, he has so many awesome people on this album it's just unbelievable have you heard it yet the uh new asleep at the wheel it's the 50th anniversary album i haven't listened to that yet no oh man um, i should so i'll check that out for yeah, sure well, i love that mm -hmm. there's, i love there's, that western swing stuff oh man i love it i i love um you know all those are like bob wills and oh gosh you know and he, george Strait, you know does a lot of the uh western swing as well you know but uh asleep yeah. at the wheel i would say has kept that torch lit high you know for a western swing i mean i can't really think of another band right now really like in you know past decade or so that has really like kept that torch high for western swing i really not not on the scale that they're on right now oh yeah 100 percent. they've been doing it since the 70s too and um hard to believe yeah pretty you rad mm -hmm. um, yeah well this new album is just amazing uh, george Strait is on there too like i said it's like a who's who <laughs> you know and you know country music texas country music uh for the most part um, but it's it's a fantastic album, you know, absolutely. So we have another fun question uh, for you. Um, <laughs> so it, th thinking back to your uh, formative years in Maine, do you recall who the worst teacher was that you had? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, um, I like rarely liked school very much. Like I did fine in school, but I, I was, I'm like, I'm just the type of person who like, if I don't feel like doing something I, and I'm not excited about it, I, I'm pretty like uh, resistant to, to doing it, you know? And um, I never wanted to get up and go to school and, and stuff like that. I mean, I remember some of my best teachers for sure, because they were inspiring. Um, right. I think my driver's ed teacher was pretty bad. <laughs> they always are. <laughs> I mean, he was a nice guy and I don't, I don't think I, I, um, I was a pretty bad driver when I first started. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. I think he, I like kind of freaked him out the first time. And, and, oh, no. <laughs> but you know, I think like I did get a lot better, like pretty quick. Like I learned, I learned, pretty fast you know how to drive and now i'm like a great driver i mean i've been in a lot of car accidents um before but like it's been a really long time and i and i feel mm -hmm. like over the years i'm just driving is like something i'm i do a lot of and i'm like good at it you know i could one of my first jobs in new york was like driving a truck around manhattan and like oh wow i've driven food trucks and van vans of all sizes around cities and highways Do all over you have there. like a cdl or something don't you have to have like a special license or something uh the truck i was driving was like a like a box truck it wasn't i didn't need oh, it okay. i don't think i mean they put they gave me the keys <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think my driver's ed teacher like 
never got over that first day or something. He, I think, I feel like he had like a stigma against me, uh, and, mm. and like he, like he, at the end, he gave. I, I feel like he gave me a, like a just barely passing, you know, marks because like, I was like, man, I did like I, I got so good, like, but I feel like he just kind of held that, hmm. that against me. Yeah, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> well, you made it. You're a driver. <laughs> I think I did see him. I saw him um, semi recently, a few years ago. Like I go up to Maine during the summer times and um, play a. I play this like show in uh, in my neighbor's barn for the for the neighborhood every year. Wow! Um, and they make uh, they make like chicken dinner for everybody and all all the people come out it's a free free thing in the afternoon that's cool you know it's a really fun event we, uh, we didn't get to do it this year or, or last year but hopefully we'll do it again next year but uh my old driver's ed instructor came out and said hey at one of these a couple of years ago and um he was wow. that we it was we didn't talk about that but it was it was he was a nice guy. I wasn't. Oh, that's cool. That's that's great when it ends up that way. Yeah. <laughs> there was a teacher in college, um, a professor in college. Like I took a a class on David Bowie. Oh. In college. Huh. And like, I liked David Bowie just fine. I didn't really know that much about David Bowie, um, but like. I just didn't connect with this guy at all. And he, I feel like he made me like, not like David Bowie just because of oh, wow. his like teaching style or, or something or the way he approached it. And like ever since that, like I don't get super into David Bowie. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. Cause like, he's a pretty like influential artist and you'd think that I'd be into that. Um, Ziggy played, I think it's Ziggy played guitar. I think something mm -hmm. like that. That that's if you listen to that song and turn on country radio, <laughs> that song even sounds. <laughs> oh wow! No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, yeah, you know, it's it, it's cool when you have um, you know, you kind of uh, can hear all these different types of music. But yeah, teachers um. You know, they can really kind of, um, you know, change how you feel about something, you know, if you don't have a good interaction with them, you know, if you're not able to connect with them, you know, and on the subject matter through them. So, you know, absolutely. I totally understand where you're coming from there. It's almost like that's that might be just as important, if not more so than than the subject matter itself, like like how you connect with with the teacher as a, as a person or their their style, because. Yeah, I don't know. When you're young, like you can kind of like soak up anything. You can really like yeah. get into it, get into mm -hmm. anything. Like I, I yeah, a lot of people way. are. You know, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, because the teacher kind of is sort of like your mentor to a certain extent. You know, um, mm -hmm. for that particular class, and you know, can sometimes even influence what you do moving forward. Like if you really like the class and kind of you know connect with it on a deeper level you may want to move forward and like, you know, expand on that knowledge and take other classes that kind of build up your knowledge in that area. So yeah, I could totally, you know, understand and see that. So it sounds like you had some awesome teachers though, after the fact as well. Oh, I've had some great teachers over the years. Um, my first guitar teacher, I'm, 
uh, I'm still good friends with him today. He lives here in Nashville now too. Oh. We still hang out. Not, you know, that's a, it's a lifelong friendship. Wow. That's awesome. What do you want fans to know about you? Well, um, not a lot really. I guess I like to stay pretty private, um, about my life, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think you 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 know, Elijah, we were trying to get the dirt on you, like how many divorces, how many children, how many times you've been in jail. <laughs> we can't get anything. <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> I know. I don't like to post on social media very much. It's I don't know. I I like for people to focus on the music really, you know. And um it's you know, it's tough in this day and age. Like people want that like open book sort of thing. Um, but I think your music does the talking. That's the way I see it. Like, um, I, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, cause I don't know you. Um, so I don't know if your songs are, you know, really about your life, if it's a, a narrative type, you know, approach, I have no idea, but, you know, I think that a lot of times you can learn a lot about someone just by the way they write, you know, by hearing their music, you know, does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, it, you know, my life is something I might decide to open up about, but for right now, I just feel like mostly I just like to have the music be the window, you know, into, into myself. And, um, I do, obviously I enjoy meeting new people all the time and, um, I like getting in conversations and, and stuff like that. But, uh, so I generally what like want, to. What do you want your fans to know about you? Like, if you know anything that you could tell them, not about your personal life, or anything, just anything that you'd like for them to know. Especially, you know, uh, once this podcast airs, there's going to be a lot of people that maybe you know are not that familiar with the canon of your work. You know, so if there's anything like along those lines that you'd like to share, that would be great. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I have. Um. I have a handful of albums out, so I'd say if you. If you like what you hear, dive dive deep in there, and you can go as deep as you want. It's there's um, a lot of different styles and sounds in there. You know, it's all me. But um, I'm always most excited about the next thing I'm making. So um, there's more music on the way. You know, I'm gonna be uh, I'm finishing up some demos right now. But um, in a couple months, I'm heading into a studio to, here in Nashville to record a new album and I'm hoping, hoping to get it out next year. Wow, awesome. Do and, share uh, when you have a, a song that you want us to test out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, we've had a blast connecting with you. I know our interviews are a little longer than most, but it's because we take a deeper dive. You know, uh, like I said, our core audience, they're kind of, you know, I would say audiophiles. They really want to know more about you know, the uh, music, you know, the person, you know, and, and everything that that entails. So it's kind of, you know, a deeper dive. Uh, but it also uh, does create a more loyal, you know, audience, you know, a more loyal following, if that makes sense. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 And so um, we'd love to give you an opportunity to share your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, or any, you know, websites that, you know, the fine folks that are listening to the podcast can, you know, jump on and, you know, find out more about your music and you. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, my website is ElijahOcean.com. And um, 
from there you'll be able to link up to all the social media things but it's my instagram's at elijah ocean same with twitter and facebook um uh, if you want to buy a cd or vinyl record or t-shirt or other piece of merchandise uh you can do that from my website as well or uh, bandcamp elijahocean.bandcamp.com um if you do uh if you just type in a little google search it'll it'll all come up my youtube page has all my official videos um which are fun you know um you can see all the different looks i've had over the years sometimes mm -hmm. I have a mustache. yeah we saw one you had like super long hair i mean it looked great on you and everything but i it was kind of like oh wow <laughs> yeah there's a I, I went through a beard a beard phase i had a big giant beard for a little while oh my god I'm happy you're not oh. in that phase anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It gets messy. <laughs> it's hard to keep up, I think. You know, if you want it to look good. I, I don't know. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's impossible. Like, I don't know how that dude from the Oak Ridge Boys does it. The guy with the long silver beard. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah no, it's really hard. That's why I had to get rid of it. It was just like I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, we like to close out either with, you know, if you want to, you know, do like an acoustic song or your all-time favorite song. And I know that's hard. That's a very hard, you know, thing to ask. Like, you know, you've been surrounded, you know, by music your entire life. Um, real hard to pick like one all-time favorite. But hey, if, if you can think of a song that you'd like to close out the podcast with, hey, we'd be more than happy to play it. Sure. Well, um, we talked about uh, that's the way love goes um, uh, earlier on, and that's oh, yeah. that's kind of become one of my favorite songs. And there's so many different versions. There's like Johnny Rodriguez did it. Um, Merle Merle Haggard did it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's the new uh, Alan Jackson version. Um, I think Ronnie Dunn. Yeah, did a did a cover of it as well recently. Um, Lefty did it, and uh, Willie Willie Nelson cut it too on his um, two Lefty record. Yeah, mm -hmm. from the seventies. Um, it's all Lefty records. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to play Willie's version of "That's the Way Love Goes," I would love that, or any of the versions really, because it's that song just has has a vibe and it has an emotion and it's 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 a superbly well-written song and yeah you know i couldn't agree with you more and i'm so happy that lefty frizzell is starting to get like more recognition like there's a, a documentary that's being filmed right now um and there are plans for a biopic like a you know like a full-blown you know major motion picture based on his life wow. uh, so yeah i'm like yeah i've i've written about you know lefty like you know countless times he's like one of my you know all-time favorites hands down Same. Same. um yeah I, I was just blessed that my papa and my dad both loved lefty frizzell or else i would have never known who he was it's like you know i would have maybe discovered him later you know probably but you you know i'm sure you would agree with me elijah don't don't you think Lefty is one of the ones that is often left out of these best of lists? I mean, do, I mean seriously, do you think that he really gets the recognition that he really deserves? I don't think he really gets the recognition. He's one of the the greatest. You know, he was um, 
you know, a contemporary of, of Hank Williams and yeah. ju just as good as a writer and a much better singer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think you do. I, thank um, you, Eliza. You just validated. You know, he's the reason we have Merle Haggard. He's yeah. the reason we have Keith Whitley. You know, it's that yes. that lineage um, of vocals of like that style of vocal yeah. phrasing and um he's one of the, yeah one of the greatest writers and singers of all time 100 percent. yeah yeah absolutely gosh i'm so happy to hear you say that yeah and i'm just happy that now i mean don't get me wrong um he has kind of you know uh uh, you know, he's he, he's had quite a few accolades. I mean, he's inducted into the Nashville Songwriters uh, Hall of Fame, the Grammy Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he was a member of the Grand Ole Lobby. I mean, all those, you know, kind of things that, you know, you would look to sometimes. Um, but in um, popular culture, uh, I consistently hear, you know, other people mention, like especially Hank, and not throwing any shade. I love Hank Williams, you know. Awesome. But um, you consistently hear, you know, Hank and, and you hear Merle, which I absolutely love, too. And George, you know, George Jones. But um, they don't, you know, Lefty always gets left out. <laughs> it's like, you know, you <laughs> never. And but you know what I find very interesting, Elijah, is that um, all the people that you know, say that Keith Whitley was their biggest influence, or if they say Merle Haggard, they're really saying Lefty Frizzell and they just don't know it. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so that's real interesting. Well, hey, we had a blast talking to you, Anna. Oh, that means so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for doing the podcast. Like, it was really nice talking to y'all and um, getting to know you a little bit. And uh, it's it's been really fun. <laughs> I've been throwing horseshoes over my left shoulder. I've spent most all my life searching for that four-leaf clover. Yet you run with me, chasing my. I love you too That's the way love goes That's the way love goes, babe That's the music God makes For the whole wide world sing It never gets old it only grows and losing makes me sorry You say don't you worry Honey, I love you too And that's the way love goes
That's the way love goes, baby. That's the music I'll make for the whole wide world. Say it never gets old. It only grows and losing makes me sorry. You say don't you worry. Honey, I love you too, and that's the way love goes. On the Brink, 2021.